Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the Universe, the Great Mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Beverly Melander. She's an intuitive artist. Her abstract compositions form almost automatically on the canvas. Each person coming in contact with her work seems to find something different to interpret and understand. Beverly also has a radio show, which is Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, which can be heard on Unity Online Radio Radio Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern. And we'll put the link to that on the website. So welcome, Beverly. Hi, Vanessa. It's good to be here. Oh, it's so I great. I love the concept of your radio show. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I know that um, I I love your show as well, and I've listened to several several episodes. And I'm excited that this is actually airing the first week of the new year. So I thought affirming the power of yes would be a great yes. way to start. What a way the- to activate the power of yes in a new year. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> So tell me how you got interested um, first in doing your radio show. I'm interested in that, and then we'll talk about your art in a few minutes. I have had a, I, I have a pretty strong background in radio and television. And as I have gone on, I've had a, a dual career most of my life. One has been with the media, and another one has been uh, owning the resume company, working with people on res- writing their resumes. Then I segued that into Next Step Network, where I not only worked with people and resume development, but also... Um, what's your next step in your personal or professional life? Because every time we come to some kind of uh, next horizon in our lives, then the way we look at work changes. If you're... um, if you've got triplets under the age of five years old, it's probably not going to be in your career goal to go for partner of a law firm anytime soon. You know, you've got other priorities, but then maybe when the kids are older, you might decide to regroup and do something like that. So it's all about giving yourself permission to take that next step wherever you are so you can include your personal and professional lives together. So you still coach people in, in those kind of aspects as well. Yes, and then uh, as I got more training through the Centers for Spiritual Living, that's my spiritual affiliation, uh, I became a minister back in 2008. So before then, you know, this was about a six-year preparation at least to become a minister with uh, Centers for Spiritual Living. So now it's job guidance personal guidance and spiritual guidance. So it's kind of like a perfect, perfect storm coming together. And so what kind of people do you interview on your show for affirming the power of yes? Anybody I want. And that's the cool thing. (laughs) So uh, I have interviewed people who are on a spiritual bent. I I interviewed Barbara Marks Hubbard uh, about the, the end of the Mayan calendar and the shift network. So I've had spiritual guests like that, but I've also also had the um, the marketing person for Megabus.com, which is a new way of looking at transportation in the U.S. with double-decker de- 
buses where if you plan ahead um, far enough, you can pay $1 for a round-trip ticket. Wow. And I've been on a mega bus. So I thought, oh, people need to know about that because that's about activating the power of yes, of travel and opportunity. So whatever I say activates the power of yes, that's the kind of person I interview. Well, and I know that you interviewed Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist Way and has written lots of different books. Who exactly. was one of my all-time favorites and mentors, and I loved that interview. I thought it was really beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just so much fun. And Dennis Merritt Jones, uh, I've, I've interviewed so John Lewis was one of my very favorites. Really? <gasps> you know, um, Congressman John Lewis, I wanted to talk with him about activating the power of yes in the civil rights movement, because he marched with Martin Luther King Jr. So... Along with this, I started talking with his press person about a woman uh, with the uh, American Arab, con- um, not congregation, but the, the organization in uh, Washington, D.C., and she had found a comic book written about Martin Luther King Jr. and nonviolence. And she worked and worked and worked and got the Egyptian government to give her permission to print it. And when they had the uh, the uprising uh, back a couple of years ago, uh, they had many of the youth that were in the uprising were holding that comic book because they had received training in nonviolence. So I interviewed John Lewis and Zainab al and they had never met, but they were calling me from Washington, D.C., both, and they were going to oh, have wow. lunch and oh. meet in person. Isn't that wonderful? That's beautiful. So it's activating the power of yes in the civil rights movement early on and on into the world. That's amazing. Yeah, I just got goose pimples saying that. Well, and I... Um I know that you do this, all of this media type of work and connecting people together and activating the power of yes. And then you also are a painter. That's right. And so I would love to talk about how you got interested in your, in your art of painting and what intuitive art really means. Well, I think it's so, um, interesting and this fits in with next step, taking that next step because I have been a single mom. My, my son is now 23, but, uh, I've been a single mom since he was two. So I spent many, many, many nights alone while he was asleep by myself taking care of being a single mom. And so I started entertaining myself by painting. So I'd just get anything. If it was a piece of wood or an old door or anything, I'd just paint on that. And then it started to evolve. Then I found out about automatic writing. And have you ever heard of that? Do you? Kind I've of heard have of it, but why don't you it? why don't you explain what okay. that is? Well, automatic writing um, is. Uh, it almost had a sense when I started. It was almost like Ouija board in in uh, you know seventh grade, where you go in uh, boy red shirt. <laughs> loves you. <laughs> you know how the Ouija board does things like that. But but it almost felt a little um, not quite right when I first started uh, putting a pen on paper and letting the pen take over. So it was kind of cryptic and didn't make much sense, and it was a little boring then when I finally got it going. Then I took it back up later with uh, colored pencils and let 
forms, shape on paper that were made from the colored pencils. Then I thought I'd try automatic writing again, and it started making more and more and more sense. So, for instance, I just um, left having lunch with a good girlfriend, um, and I had given her a placemat that I had painted for her, and I said, do you want a message on the back of that? Because I never know what the message is going to say, but it's because I'm just the conduit for the message. I don't say, well, I'll teach her a lesson, and I'll write this. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with me. And um, so uh, she wanted to have uh, more relaxation and more calm in the next year, and so with that intention, I, it just started writing, and it just kept writing and writing, and it was a real nice, sweet, personal message for her about how 2013 could unfold for her. So I love the combination of the art and the automatic writing. So do you have any kind of a process that you use to tap into that creative source and that divine flow when you're getting ready to, to do your art? You know, it's there. And I think the first part of it is having respect for the process. But it doesn't take me time. If we had time here, I'd just put my pen to the paper and start. it would start writing. And so I don't need that. Let me get in a meditative state. Let me light a candle or light incense. It's not like that. It's there and it's available to me uh, whenever I want or need it. And the the interesting thing is, if I think that my automatic writing, let's say, um, um, Vanessa, let's say I'm writing and it says, Vanessa will ask you questions about the, and I'll, it'll start to form a W, and I'll start to think, oh, she's going to say, it's going to say world, uh, and if I start going and I'm making an assumption, it will go back and cross that <laughs> cross it out. <laughs> it won't let me stray. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So then I'll go, you know, we'll ask you questions about um, uh, what's underneath your art or something, whatever. So it keeps me honest. <laughs> So how has your art expanded your awareness of universal energy and creative source? I think that the main the main uh, thing I have learned through this is trust and trusting the process. So when I do art, it may not quite feel right or that color looks odd or gee, I don't know where this is going, but just to trust the process of it and know that it is a process, and I'll know when it's finished. Just like with the automatic writing, when I'm writing something, it could be a paragraph, a couple sentences, or two or three pages, and I'll know when it's finished because the pen just stops. And I'll know when my art is finished because... The paintbrush just stops. I'm, I'm I'm ready to you know not do that anymore. So it's a it's a real creative process that has come with uh, an intuitive knowing about it. So when you're creating a painting, do you do it all at, in one sitting? No, Mm-mm. no, because it, it takes too long. And I do pretty large ones. Many of them are. Um, 
well, like three by four or four by five feet. And wow. Yeah. <laughs> One sitting. <laughs> well, it depends on how long the sitting is. Right. <laughs> so, but I, what I tend to do is I use a, um, a permanent marker, like a black marker, and just know I'm starting on a painting, and then I put the marker there on the canvas, and then it starts to move and swirl and dip and sway or do whatever it's going to do and sometimes um, I may put the marker down and it won't budge it won't move so I'll know that's not the right place but then I'll go to another area and it will start going and taking on a life of its own and uh, and the first when I first started doing this I have I tried it over what I had already painted, and it would be like, no, 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 don't go into the blue. Oh, oh, oh it went into the blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to uh, think what it was going to evolve into, and pretty soon I just learned to trust the process. We don't know where this is going or where it's ending, but we know it's good. So at what point did you start thinking of yourself as an artist? I would say um, I had been doing art for quite a while. It was really at home while Nigel was sleeping. and um, But then I started to branch out and talk about my art. And uh, then uh, Randy Siegel, who used to be in Atlanta with Fleischman and Hilliard, uh, moved up to Asheville. And he said, oh, you should come up here to visit and take classes from Fleeta Monaghan, who was his instructor up there, art instructor. And I started traveling to Asheville and taking classes and then getting in that genre of people trying out different mediums and trying size on and color and all of that. And that's where I really started defining my art um, as a creation from an artist, not just somebody who did it in their spare time. So when you, have you always sold your art? I know you said you started when your son was very young and you were just doing it to keep yourself Um, entertained. No, no, because it was kind of like uh, writing poetry before you go to bed. It was kind of a private thing. And then I started to branch out. I think I started uh, expressing myself as an artist when I realized that I could combine the art and the intuitive writing and have that be a conduit a channel for getting it on my confidence grew in what I was doing and it didn't have uh, to do with my ego anymore what if they don't like it it had to do with that's my expression and here we are so uh, and and some people have recognized that um, that vehicle of self-expression and uh, I've had some commissioned work from that because they want you know, I, I would talk to you, Vanessa, let's say, about what kind of uh, mood you'd like, what's important to you, uh, where you'd like to have this, what what you'd like to feel like when you see it. And then that's my beginning of a piece of art for you. So that's how it that how, is how the process works. If you were going to teach someone how to do this intuitive painting or this automatic writing, what would you tell them? Um. Don't worry about it. 
because for months nothing happened. I don't know why I kept doing it. There was just something in me that kept saying, try it. And I had squiggles and I had just different little marks. And then I'd go, okay, well, I'll try a red color. And uh, so it was a real uh, source of experimentation for me. And um, seeing seeing process and not judging myself like, well, you should be doing the alphabet by now. <laughs> well, you should be writing words by now. I didn't know. I didn't have expectations because it was so new for me. So uh, I think anyone who would try it um, just needs to just relax into the process and see what happens and be grateful for the experience. So I know that you're um, working on a book collaboratively right now. Yes. Are you able to use some of your automatic writing in the writing that you do for that? You know, this is interesting because every morning I get up and I do automatic writing as well as affirmative prayer um, for myself in the process. And uh, so there have been some things where, uh, let's say, we're talking about going in one direction or this might be interesting, and then the automatic writing would say... Um, when people read this, they will want this kind of so-and-so, so-and-so. So it will be like, oh, okay, well, you know, back up and let's look at this a little bit. So it's a, um, I'd say it's a collaborative process with my co-author, Dave Savage, and uh, it's also a good um, reminder to me about, with the automatic writing, uh, what is a good direction to go in and, and how to be focused in it. But it's not, it's not taking off and writing the book for me. It's not, you know, you've heard of people doing automatic writing who just wrote a, wrote the, uh, what is it? The, uh, not the Bible, but what's that? Anyway, you know, they've, they've been motivated to write tombs. Right. Uh, and, and that's not the way my automatic writing has come to me. So yours is more of uh, it gives you um, information that then you turn into the other part of the writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, food for thought. And, it, and another thing about the automatic writing is that it's kind. There's always a way of um, <clears throat> wording something that makes it open up other possibilities without negating what you've been doing. Like, that's wrong. Don't do that. Just, it's it's time to look at this in this way, and it's time to include this. And so it's a real, it's a real fun flow that I really appreciate. So do you um, write or paint every day? I write every day now, especially with the automatic writing and especially doing the book. Because Dave and I Skype uh, every morning at 7.30 and catch up with each other on what we're doing. And um, the art requires more of a setup. Uh, I have a place in my living room that is <laughs> very classy. I have a shower curtain, a clear <laughs> shower curtain hanging on the wall <laughs> with my table and my you know paintbrushes and paint and all of the accoutrements of painting over there ready when I'm ready. But it still takes setup. And so... I, I kind of like the idea of relishing, you know, on Wednesday night, I'm going to paint. So I relish that anticipation of when I'm going to paint. And do you schedule that time on your calendar? 
No, I just kind of lead and I just kind of know that I'm going to do that. How I don't much? really have to schedule it because I, I just know Wednesday night is right. free, so that's what I'm going to do. And do you need a couple of hours? How much time do you need if you're, if you're going to want to paint? How much? What a, uh, well, I like to paint for two or three or four hours when I get going. And it's been fun with these placemats because I've been working on 10 placemats all together, all spread out and uh, all of that. And a girlfriend gave me the first two uh, uh, series of Downton Abbey. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm calling myself an Abbey-holic now. It's like, oh, boy, I get to paint and watch Downton Abbey. (laughs) So, yeah, so it's it's, uh, kind of a way to relax. How has your art affected your spiritual evolution, or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art? I would say that they are hand in hand, and uh, the more I am trusting my art, the more I'm trusting my spirituality. Uh, when I, you know, as a minister, I need to learn to trust my process as a minister. And I'll go, oh, well, you know, boy, this is tricky or something like that. I need to just be able to trust what I know about a situation for someone. And when I say affirmative prayer for someone, you know, I lead an affirmative prayer circle on Thursday nights for people who call in from wherever, um, Brooklyn or Los Angeles or San Francisco, Thailand or Greenville, South Carolina, you know, when when they call in, they have specific requests or specific issues they're going through, and I need to be able to trust my process as a minister to say an affirmative prayer that really suits them and the situation to get myself out of the way. So what, what makes a prayer an affirmative prayer? Um, an affirmative prayer is affirming something, that is either happening or is unfolding. And it's a prayer from me to me. It's not a prayer like, uh, you know, dear God, please make Tony ask me to the prom. You know, it's not one of those, please, please, please. If if I'm good enough, will you please or please take away my pain or take away? That's that's a prayer to something outside of myself. But if I'm um, uh, doing a a prayer that because I am part of that creative resource, creative source in the universe, there's nothing that separates me from it ever. And so when I choose to use that creative source in my own life, I can create it like, oh, another headache. Oh, I'm feeling worse today. Oh, maybe I should go to the doctor. Oh, that doesn't feel right. Maybe I have something wrong with my brain. You know, I can use that creative source to create bigger and bigger bad. Or I can use that creative source to say, I know that this is an opportunity for me to look at this, for me to uh, look at relationships differently, to expand, to hold my shoulders back, hold my chin up high, uh, walk out, meet new people, be aware of new experiences, whatever it is. That's a, the, really an affirmative prayer from me to me about how I want my life to unfold. So when people call into your affirmative prayer circle, how does that how does that work? Because obviously they're calling in because they want you to say an affirmative prayer uh-huh. for them, right? Yes. And and so people call I'm I'll have anywhere from two to seven 
people usually uh, every week. And so we um, just know that we're in this for each other, that even though we won't ever meet each other because it's on the phone, it is a confidential and respectful time. So uh, we want total silence. Put your phone on mute or whatever, because we don't want to hear somebody letting the dogs in, you know, the sliding glass door or emptying the dishwasher. Uh, it's a it's a time for respect. So then each person gets to talk about what they'd like an affirmative prayer on. And if they're not quite clear or feel uncomfortable, um, there may be some questions that I ask to to just see. And we have an agreement about what we'd like to do. And then I just start saying an affirmative prayer. And just like with the automatic writing or just like with my painting, I have no vested interest in what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> it's not like I'm being channeled and my voice changes to somebody else's voice, but it's like um, it's the uh, the answers, um, the solutions are being revealed to me as I'm saying the affirmative prayer. I don't have the solutions, and I'm not teaching you a lesson with that affirmative prayer. It's unfolding, and we're uh, we're knowing something better about a situation. So if our listeners wanted to be a part of that prayer circle, what would be um, the way that they... Do you have it listed on your website that they can come find it there? I have the number, as a matter of fact, right here. Okay. And I will... And also tell our listeners how they can um, find out more about you as well as, as the number for the Affirmative Prayer Circle. Yes, and, you know, this is my tithe to the universe. Really, this is a, a free Affirmative Prayer Circle that I lead. But I also um, do individual paid spiritual counseling as well. But right now I'll give you the number for um, the Affirmative Prayer Circle, which is 404 566 8887 extension 9. And then tell them what time and what day of the week okay, that is. Okay, it's 7 o'clock Eastern, and uh, we're usually on there from for a half an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. 7 o'clock sharp, because that's PM. when I, PM on Thursday evenings, Thursday evenings. and uh, that's when I start to you know introduce everything, and we get rolling with each person on the line. So excellent! Oh, it's so much fun. I've seen so much happen with these people. So how can our listeners find out more about you and find out more about your art and your writing and okay. your coaching? Yes. My website is Beverly Melander, M-O-L-A-N-D-E-R dot net. And you can always email me at Beverly at Beverly Melander dot net. Or my phone number is 404-876-2444. So do you have any last thoughts for our listeners about what they could do to connect their creativity um, to their spirituality? Uh, start with the intention to say, hmm, I wonder where this can go. I wonder how much I can be open to the creative process. And even as much as saying, hmm, I wonder what medium resonates with me. Or, oh, I wonder what color, what color is drawing me to it? 
or what kinds of movement should I do? Or should I start out with an affirmative prayer? Should I listen to music? Whatever it is, it's not a should like you, you must, but it's starting to listen to your intuitive self with the intention of saying, hmm, I'm going to see what I can create out of this. I think that's very powerful. Beverly, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a blast, Vanessa. We've had so much fun. Thank you so much. We have. So tell, tell the listeners one more time how they can get in touch with you. Beverly at Beverly Melander, M-O-L-A-N-D-E-R dot net or 404-876-2443. Beverly, thank you. And thank you to our listeners. Um, I welcome suggestions and comments from our listeners on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artasworship.net. Please come and share your stories of Art as Worship on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Art as Worship. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste.